everybody. Welcome to the Dig Deep Podcast. We are in the second part of our series, How to Love an Extrovert, How to Love an Introvert. And um, if you didn't hear last week's, I encourage you to go back and listen. We talked about how to love an extrovert. And um, to catch you up, I am interviewing my two sisters on this topic because my two younger sisters, who are six and eight years younger than me, Joanna and Jill, are polar opposites in a lot of ways, especially in this way of being extroverts and introverts. Joanna who's the brunette is extremely extroverted and Jill, my blonde sister is very introverted. And so this week we are focusing on, well guys say hi. Hi. You're back, (laughs) which is nice. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Um, Jill, we're focusing on you today because we're asking the question, how do you love an introvert? Mm-hmm. And I am excited to hear what you have to say because mm-hmm. we've talked about this a lot in adulthood and just in our relationships as sisters, but um, this is something I'm forever working on, being an extrovert who seeks to love introverts well. So I'm going to ask you some of the same questions. And just as a reminder, we um, have as our guiding scripture from Romans 12, let, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. And so Jill, welcome. Thank you. I have some questions for you. What were some of your, or what was your favorite memory from childhood growing up in this big family, family, five kids, so seven of us, a lot of us extroverts. Mm-hmm. I think you and Adam are the only introverts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really. we're the bookend kids. Yeah. And we're the most alike, Oldest I think. and youngest, yeah. So what was, what was one of your favorite memories? Um, we Growing up, we had these Christmas Eve traditions. These had the things that we kind of added on to as we were getting older and older. Um, uh, one of them was like the older kids. It started with just the older kids. Yeah. Now the little girls um, would watch a movie, a non-Christmas related movie the yes. night before. Um so mom, mom and dad, dad were putting the presents yeah. out and being Santa and stuff like that. And eventually, when we got old enough, Joanna and I joined in on that. But another one of them that was my absolute favorite tradition, and I think I stand alone in the family, maybe me and mom, I think mom. Yeah, mom, yeah. yeah mom. Who was um, also, also an introvert. introvert. Yeah. Right. Um, one of my favorite traditions is we would actually go on a walk. I mean, we would go to church, Christmas Eve service, and then we would usually um, have dinner and then go on a walk. Um, around our neighborhood, and that was to no matter how cold or yeah, kind of a long warm, walk. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the way around our neighborhood. It was always change every year the path we took, but it was to see the Christmas lights and kind of just to be together. We'd take the dogs. It was always really fun. And it was always my favorite um, because we'd all be together, um, and it was you know Christmassy because you got to go see all the lights and it was quiet and dark and. Um, we just kind of walked around and it was always just a nice time for us to be together without really talking because it was late at night. We couldn't be loud and mm. rowdy and all that stuff. It was kind of a nice way to, to get the energy out and relax and mm. um, stuff like that. So that's just one that I remember. But that is so fascinating to me. <laughs> I This is blowing my mind that that's like one of your favorite Christmas traditions. Yeah, I and wish that, we still did it. Like even with us man, all being married also, and grown up and out of the house, like I wish we still did it on Christmas. I think Eve. it's the only thing that we did like that. We yeah. were always loud. I mean, yeah, Unless we were watching games or, yeah. or building a gingerbread house or opening presents. Even opening so presents, loud. Yeah. Yeah, we were a pretty loud family, I would say, overall. And that's that's really good that you bring that up, too, because, you know, I've been thinking about this topic really through the lens of, like, friendships, working relationships, marriages, siblings, but this is really true for parenting, too. Mm. And you have me thinking about this because my kids are all so different from each other. And though we're not totally sure about their personalities yet, it definitely seems like some lean toward extrovert and some lean toward introvert. And there's a lot of value, I think, to having 
diversity in your traditions, especially mm-hmm. if you and your spouse are the same personality profile, which is interesting because all three of us, I'm extrovert and married an extrovert. Joe is extroverted, married an extrovert, and you are introverted and married an introvert. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's a good thing to keep in mind is that as mm-hmm. you raise your kids, mm-hmm. giving, creating different environments, not just things that you would naturally pick because I wouldn't probably naturally be like, Ooh, let's all walk in the dark in the cold. I'm not a cold person either. I was always like, why are we doing this? Yeah, I think I did too. I was like, let's go home and start a fire in the fireplace and play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really to, cool that that was one of your favorites. Sing Christmas carols. Oh that. yeah. You're oh, always yeah. Let's singing, sing to the world. Singing. And Michelle's yeah. like, how about singing? That's a good one. Well, and you were talking about, before we started, you were talking about Frozen and because we talked about this a little bit last week about how you guys are like Elsa and Anna and you were starting to say something really interesting about Elsa that I, because I tend to, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I relate more to Anna Mm -hmm. because I'm an extrovert. And so I kind of get annoyed with Elsa sometimes. Like I'm like, Elsa, get it together, get it together. (laughs) Elsa, like you're awesome. Just tell her (laughs) about your powers. It's so hard. (laughs) She's going to love you and she's, it'll be okay. But what were you going to say about Elsa? Um, well, yeah, no, and watching the movie, I obviously relate a lot with Elsa. First time I saw it was like tearing up in all these different places just because I was like, I totally get you, Elsa. I understand why. Because you have ice yeah. powers. <laughs> right, sure, yeah. Um, and, other, and other similarities sure. too. Um, but the one like image, and even when I watch the movie today, it still kind of like gets me because um, I just understand it, is at the very end of the Do You Want to Build a Snowman song. Mm-hmm. And it's really cute. You know, Anna's growing up and running through the castle and stuff. And obviously the song ends with the sad verse <laughs> about yeah. the parents. Um, and then it flips onto the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. And you see Elsa is like on the ground with her back against the door. And she has all of the ice on the walls and stuff like that. Um and that speaks to me because as an introvert, like, I, I get, I understand that. Like, yeah. I could see myself doing that with Joanna. Uh, I really, and I mean, in the movie, I feel like Elsa's crying because she wants to open yeah. the door and yeah. be with her sister because she needs her. And so why doesn't she? Because Answer this question for us, no, Jill. No, why no. don't you do that? <laughs> she doesn't want to hurt her with her powers, probably. Well, yeah, I mean, that's probably the motivation. And but I mean, as, as, blo- speaking there, as yeah. introverts and extroverts, like for me, I understand that as an introvert, just because a lot of it is internalized, that yeah. I feel like it's it's me. It's something that's um, going on inside of my brain, inside of my heart. And I can't exactly get it out. I am yeah. not gifted in the way of speaking about those feelings and just kind of letting them out. So the easier thing to do in a lot of cases um, is just to stay behind the door. Yeah. And as much as it's difficult in that moment, knowing it'll pass and I can think this, I can think my way out of this kind of thing where an, as an extrovert... We have to talk our way out. Yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. That's a really good point. So mm. I relate to that because it's the, yeah, it's just the way that we think. Mm. Or I think. It's good. So what were some of the things that... I mean, last week we talked about some of the things that made Joanna as an extrovert feel um, hurt and a lot of them had to do with just nonverbals and then the absence of words. So feeling like if it's met with silence or a facial expression that maybe is pretty neutral, but when she's energized or excited or sad, if it's met with that same face, regardless of her, her emotional state, it sort of feels like Mm. 
um, such a lack of empathy, such a, um, yeah. yeah. And so, so I'm curious to hear what are some things for you that, um, hurt you or were frustrating to you about not just Joanna, but if it extroverts in general or the extroverts in our family, what, what are, what are some things that frustrate and hurt you? Uh, I personally, I don't like being put on the spot. Yes. Um, when in conversation, we could be in a big crowd of people at a party, just a family get together, but there's more than just one or two people there. Um, that's usually the scenario, but, um, so just when somebody like an extrovert would come up to me and just want to talk about everything and know about everything that's going on in my life right now, um, I don't personally like doing that of just being asked the questions and consistently feel like I have to have an answer for them. Um, and I was probably, I don't know, maybe I was the most guilty party in our family of doing that to you. Joanna was? Yeah. Oh, she's pointing at Joanna on the other side. I don't know. I know I was guilty of it because I always felt like you were, like I, I thought you were like a, just a tough nut to crack. And I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna get her to talk. I'm going to do it. I'm going to just pounce on her and well, I be noticed, like, I noticed Jill, your thoughts. I noticed more in you when you actually married Ben. Um, oh, and you guys, you obviously didn't live with mom and dad anymore. Um, so when you would come over, you want, you wanted to know about it. Yeah. I wanted all the updates and that. No, yeah, you did that to everybody. But Not Ben did it. Ben did it as well. Sure. So sure. 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 Ben, I mean, you know, yeah, Ben, Ben is a lot like that of he'll sit down with you and want to <clears throat> yeah. talk about your life forever. So I feel like that was something that came with your marriage and the two of you and you kind of, yeah, it came up. So I noticed it more than as opposed to when we were growing up. Yeah. And that's difficult for you. That's hard for you. It, it doesn't yeah. feel like we think we're being loving mm-hmm. and affectionate because we want to hear about your life and mm-hmm. we're we're we feel like we're being selfless and thoughtful and tell me about you and you actually are I mean you do want people to care about your life oh absolutely and ask absolutely. about your life but so what's a way that people can ask about your life that's not putting you on the spot that does make you feel oh I don't know <laughs> yeah um I think it, it's more just in the response part is that when if people ask me about my life or um or just what's a specific question of just how's your day? And at that moment, I'm just going to respond in a few words. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to go, like, I feel like with Joanna, if you ask her, how was your day yesterday? She would tell you from the moment she woke up to the moment she went to bed, like everything about her day and how it was and how Nick, what was Nick doing and mm-hmm. what did she do and who did she see and what did she eat? Like stuff like that. Yes. Where for me, I'll be like, oh, it was good. It was a good day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fine. You know? Nothing really happened. It's cool, which is not, I mean, nothing really happened. Something happened, clearly. But yeah. for, in my mind, and that's obviously there's a lot more going on in my head, but those, that's my response. So it's more just not, I, not pulling on the response, waiting for some long, drawn-out response because it's probably not going to come from me. <laughs> yeah, um, not expecting that, not wanting that, not pushing for that, especially if it's not, if you don't feel like talking. Just wait and right. shorter answers. Well, and also with the going on, um, being put on the spot um, is not specifically to just crowds and being at parties or just when you don't see each other for a while. Um, but it's also like when you get together just one-on-one or in a small group or something like that. Um, I I usually don't like being texted or called to be like, hey, let's get coffee just to hang out. And then I'll, we'll go and hang out and then we end up unloading this whole long thing while we're there because I was totally unaware that that was going to happen, that we were going to talk about the specific thing for a couple hours or um, all that stuff, as opposed to just hanging out, which in my mind is just small talk. 
Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So you, if, if someone has um, something that they really need to talk about or want to talk about, whether that's you and Jake needing to talk about something or um, at work, mm-hmm. if there's like a meeting that needs to happen, you benefit from sort of getting the agenda beforehand mm-hmm. and thriving on that. Like if I get an agenda beforehand, my, my preference is to like barely look at it because mm-hmm. I just enjoy yeah. things on the fly and being mm-hmm. on the spot. Um, but you, that would be not your preference. No, you would prefer best, right? having, knowing what we're going to get together and talk about. And that's one of the yeah. things that Joanna and I have worked on mm-hmm. in our relationship with you in adulthood, realizing mm-hmm. that, um, it's like, okay, that, for us, we'd be totally happy to be like, let's hang out. And then realizing there's this thing I really want to ask her about or whatever and trying to be good about telling you beforehand because that's not our natural inclination. And it's hard. Loving people is hard. And yeah. we are also different and choosing to say, okay, yes, I was born with these natural tendencies toward being an extrovert or being an introvert, but I'm called to love other people and to love them with genuine affection. And that we can't, you can't just muster that up. And I love that our passage from Romans 12 says, um, honor each other. One, one translation says delight in honoring each other. And that includes honoring the things that are different about us and realizing the beauty of what can, um, be accomplished in the world because people have so many different gifts and and ways that they, things that make them tick, things that make them operate. Well, I do want to say for, for people who are listening, we're not going to totally dive into the details of this, but I, I want to share this just to be an encouragement to people too, that, you know, where it's fun, we talk about growing up in a family and the differences we've had and, and struggles that we've had. And, um, and really a lot of this has come to a head for us in adulthood really in the last year and a half. And we, without going into details, we got to a place in all of our relationships as sisters where, I mean, we all have different relationships with each other, but especially with between us two extroverts and you, Jill, as an introvert, we got to a place where feelings were really, really hurt and and relationships were really broken. And we weren't really on speaking terms exactly Mm -hmm. per se. I mean, there were definitely, there were, um, huge, huge breaks in communication. Even the thought of being around each other. I mean, you girls can confirm this brought anxiety to Mm -hmm. all groups, just knowing that we were going to be in the same place or at the same social function. And it was really sad. It made me really sad because I thought, man, we were all pretty close growing up and we have, we're part of this great family that we're just so blessed to have incredible parents and a family that, um, all loves the Lord and follows Jesus. I mean, that's just such a huge blessing, but we still had gotten to this place where I wondered if we'd ever have a relationship again, if we'd ever speak again. Honestly, there were times where I just thought, man, it's, this is it. This is the rest of our lives is we're just going to kind of tolerate each other and try not to fight or try not to talk even. And I feel like God has done some really healing work in our relationships. I want each of you girls to speak to that um, just generally. But I, I bring that up just to be an encouragement to someone who is listening to this and has either family relationships that have been broken for years um, Mm -hmm. or friendships, other relationships. One of the things that stood out to me about this passage is that it it says we're supposed to love each other with brotherly, or in this case, sisterly affection. And I think that there is something unique. I think there's something Mm -hmm. to learn there because there's something unique about family connections that 
honestly, if, if I had experienced in our relationships as adults, what, if I had experienced that with friends, I would have just moved on. I mean, I would have been like, okay, this is never going to work out. See ya. I, I probably would have, I don't know if that you girls feel like you probably would have gotten a place if we weren't family. And if we had had the miscommunications we had and the hurts that we'd had, is that, am I like the worst person ever? Or do you feel like no, you could no. see yourself being there? No, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, I do have to wonder if Jill and I would ever become friends ever. Yeah. You've right. said that. Yeah. You guys have said that many times. Like we probably wouldn't naturally be BFFs, yeah. but you were, but your sisters. And so there's something for us to learn. I feel like families can be a training ground mm-hmm. for us to learn how to love the rest of the world because there is something that no matter how broken the relationship is, there's something, there's, there's a little glimmer of hope. There's, you, there's a, a hope that things could be better and that unity could be achieved. And I think that's why God gives us that experience with families. And so I, I feel like our experience as sisters has helped shape the way that I approach my other relationships in life, because I see that I probably would have given up, you know, I probably would have given up on our relationship, Jill, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's really hard to say because I love you so much, but it is that, that weird, powerful force of love that just somehow kept the tiniest thread of hope there Mm -hmm. and watching that hope played out. And then both of us, all three of us being willing to say, all right, we're going to step it up. Mm -hmm. We are going to force ourselves to get together. We said, we're going to get together once a month for coffee. I think we were all terrified of that. Mm -hmm. If I'm, are you, would you agree? It felt so strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it felt super forced, yeah. I would say. It felt super strange. And I honestly was like, why are we even doing this? I don't even know. But we forced ourselves to do it. And we agreed from the get-go with that first meeting. We said, okay, we are going to seek to understand each other mm-hmm. and love each other. We mm-hmm. have hurt each other. We're going to talk about that too. But let's let's figure this out. And and now we sit here <laughs> and I feel like so much healing has happened. I mean, I the little glimmer of hope that I had, I thought maybe 10 years down the road we'll have Mm -hmm. relationships again and we'll talk about life again and we'll um, feel affection for each other again. And I feel like a year, it's been a year or so Mm -hmm. and it's, it's already so much has changed. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to just hear again, without going into specifics, what was, what was that experience like for you girls? And what would you tell someone about their, if they're in a relationship that is broken, either their marriage is in just a really rough place. There's been just a lot of miscommunication and hurt or, um, or friendships, working relationships. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you girls? You little girls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, I mean, for me, it was, it was really, really great um, because I, I didn't feel for a long time, but especially like a year and a half ago that you two were able to understand me at all um, yeah. or that you even wanted to, mm-hmm. um, that you had this expectation that I just had to be like you yeah. and be like the rest of the family and everybody else out there that I just was not different um, or I was different, but I needed to not be different anymore. And Mm. Um, and that was really hard because it was something I was like, I just can't. Like, I, I physically cannot do this. It was exhausting. And mm. um, I know it's talked about before. It's it's not just a social thing. It's emotional. It's physical. It affected me in every area of my life. Um, and, yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was really awesome for me 
to sit down and have you guys ask those specific questions of like, what do you need from me and how can I understand mm. you better? And mm. um, and they had to be very specific questions. Like I remember we, mm-hmm. we dived into yeah. like, so when I approach you, yeah. like, yeah. how do you want me to start talking to you? Like literally specific questions on things like that. And then you ask the same thing or of me and I asked the same thing of you of what do you need from me and what can I be pulling out of myself and how can I be approaching you and stuff like that and um the thing to remember is that this isn't something that's just going to happen overnight um, yeah. and, and I think as much as we're in a great place now like I think we're only going to get better at this but it's going to take mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives to be you know to ever master this um mm-hmm. if we ever if that's even possible yeah um but it's just having that understanding and and continuing to seek that in each other and asking those specific questions. Um, Like it is really great just that now you know (laughs) that when I'm not responding and I don't have a look on my face that says to you that I've been listening and that I understand you and that I'm receiving what you're saying, that you'll ask straight out. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're really mad at me right now or Mm -hmm. I feel like... Yeah, that happened just the other night. not listening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We we had a a, a dinner at at our parents, a big extended family dinner and you just seemed like you had turned a corner and you were like doing your, I hate you all face. Mm-hmm. And I was, we weren't really directly talking, but we sort of were next to each other mm-hmm. in the conversation. And I turned to you and said, are you mad at me? Mm-hmm. And you said, no. And I have to, and I've learned that I have to just be okay with that and believe mm-hmm. you and not, not rely on all my extroverted tendencies, which are to read into body language really intensely and feel like, oh, this is how you were feeling about me. But just to ask straight out, um, are you mad at me? And and have you say no, that was huge. And I love that you, you really have made such an effort mm-hmm. to change your, um, your, I hate you all face <laughs> and, and, and to maintain a pleasant face. But I mean, I, I remember when, when we shared that feedback with you, of just how we perceived your face. It was such a beautiful moment because you got so, I just remember you got so choked up and you said, thank you. Thank you for giving me something practical that I can Mm -hmm. do because you felt this expectation to be a different person. And you were like, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't become an extrovert for you, but I can bite my cheek to remind <laughs> me to smile. And, and that is, that is love. That is love is when we choose, we say, okay, this is not natural for me, but I am going to choose to do this. I think that's where relationships grow. And that's where the beauty of that love that we can have for each other, even though we're all so different, really shines through. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think that was those are good examples. Joe, what was the experience like for you? I felt like we were grown-ups. I don't know. Part of me felt like <laughs> like we were just sitting down, like having a hard conversation and and I didn't feel I don't know, I didn't feel our differences as much as I felt that like you said, like a sense of of hope and, and a desire to grow and um and that I don't think that's something you can get to on your own. I don't think that's the kind of thing where like I'm resolved to make things better, so I'm gonna continue to seek you out until it's better. Like I think that that is good to have and like that desire, but to make it known to each other intentionally was was the turning point because I thought I don't have to change Jill anymore like you felt like we were trying to change you like I think if I'm honest to a level I thought she needs help with mm. these things mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways like that's just a really prideful attitude to come into and say like um I'm gonna help you I'm, I'm gonna, gonna you, yeah. I'm excellent at this and I think we both have weaknesses in relationships you know it's not just like one of us is great at it and one of us isn't good at it 
it's not as simple as that. Like we both have strengths and weaknesses and, and I have actually a lot of introverted friends. And so even just in the conversations I had with my friends after talking with you, I noticed things I had never noticed. Like, oh, wow, I do talk the entire time when I get together with this friend. Mm. And I shouldn't do that. You know, like maybe I should. I've noticed how little I talk when I'm with certain people. Yeah. it's So it wasn't just our relationship. Sure. Like it truly yeah. had ripple effects mm-hmm. through the rest of my life. And I think that's a testament to what God was doing. Yeah. It's, it's where we can learn how to yeah. love the rest of the world around us. And better. something that just struck me that um, I realized it was actually a conversation that um, I had with our mom <coughs> that uh, we were talking about. It, and I was just telling her that I was, I'm just not good at this. Mm. Um, mm. And and she turned around right away and she was like, OK, well, here's a good way to do that. And she tried to, to mm-hmm. start giving me all this advice. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just not good at that. But I'm OK with not being good at that. Mm. Um, and. I think that's something to remember about introverts and extroverts is that we may not be great at doing the opposite of what we naturally do, um, but being okay with that, of being okay with that in each other, of saying it's really hard for Joanna to be silent for a long period of time. And that's not going to change. And there's nothing about that desire, that tendency it's going to change. That's why it takes that intentional effort and not not Mm -hmm. hating yourself and feeling like why... Why can't I be naturally right. good at this? Right. Just acknowledging I'm not naturally good at this, but yeah. I can learn how to do these things in an effort to show mm-hmm. someone that I love them, but not feeling like what's wrong with me? Why right. can't I change? Why can't I do this better? Um, accepting that and then just operating from that mm-hmm. that piece of this is this is something that I just have to do intentionally and willfully. So Jill, um, before we wrap up, I want you to get a chance to say your try it today to anyone who has an introvert in their life. Um, they're married to one or they have a sibling who's one or um, they work with some. What is something they could try today, a, a muscle that they could exercise when it comes to loving introverts well? Um, I would say a big one is, is- when you approach an introvert or when you're talking to one in a conversation of try being silent for a while. Uh, I don't know. We can put a time limit on that exactly. But um, just I mean, ask them a question, present them the question, let them answer, and then just try staying with them, physically with them and staying in the conversation, <laughs> but try being quiet for like maybe – Three minutes. I don't know. Is that too long? No, Holy that's um, God, that's long. Yeah, it is long. It's long <laughs> but that, but I mean, for an extrovert, for me, it's like that's a thousand not that years long to be yeah. quiet. Because I mean, in that silence, I might just Share enjoy that silence yeah. with yeah. that mm-hmm. person, and mm-hmm. we might observe something else that's going around or us that they might not have noticed before, or I might strike up a new conversation in that silence. But if I am not given that chance and that that's opportunity um, with that silence presented before me, then that may not happen. That may never happen. Um, because it's something to remember for myself and what I understand of being introverted is that it just takes me a long time to process any kind of stimulation at yeah. all. Like anything that's going on, whether it's a question someone's talking to me or it could just be like standing alone in an empty field mm-hmm. and just the sunshine and I'm processing the hmm. sunshine. Um, Whereas for extroverts, we, as soon as we have stimuli, it's like it sends it straight to our mouth. Yeah. Right. I'm like, oh, the sun is shining. And oh, we're, I'm in a field. And it, like it is a constant flow. Whereas you, that stimulation, that stimulus shoots it to a different part of your brain, not the well, part yeah, that's going to start I'll talking. Think about but... how it's affecting the grass and how the wind is blowing through it and how nice the whole picture looks. And then I might 
go back in my memories and be like, oh yeah, that reminds me of this time that was way back then. And then eventually I'll be like, the sun feels really nice today. And that might be 10 minutes later. Wow. <laughs> um, and I, so as actually yeah. it's making space for that right. so that you can actually get there. Right. Um, I was at a, um, a workshop about personality and a friend of mine who is a very extreme extrovert and is married to a pretty extreme introvert asked um, afterwards, he was asking the instructor, um, so I'm, I'm married to someone who is very introverted and um, what should I do? Like when I ask her a question, like how long should I wait? And mm. I can't, his answer was something like you should um, count to 100 in your head slowly and then wait another 10 minutes or something. Like it was like a joke, you know, and, and he, he, my friend just dropped his head at the thought of what a daunting task that is, but it is a way that we can intentionally show love and remember that what's going on behind the scenes for the introverts in our lives, the introverts that we love. I think that is such a good one because for me, that seems almost impossible as much as it seems almost impossible for you to walk up to someone and be like, tell me about that thing that you were telling me about last Mm -hmm. week. I want to hear more about that. I mean, it's, it's a daunting, both are daunting tasks, but, um, Mm -hmm. but they're doable. They're achievable. And it's what we're called to do. We're called to love each other, not just people we're in a family with, but that's the model for it to love with brotherly and sisterly affection. And then to take that, those lessons that we learn out into the world. And so as we wrap up, I just want to add my own little try it today, which two things I would say, um, apply the things that my two sisters shared. If you are last week, Joanna shared, if you are trying to love an extrovert, go up to them, ask them about their day and let them yak for 10 minutes. And then if you are trying to love an introvert, go up and ask them a question and then sit in silence for 10 minutes. And if that, if they just enjoy the silence with you, then you end it with well, all right, see you later. Or maybe it'll lead to a conversation that you let them lead. I think those are both really great. And the last thing I would add is um, to demonstrate grace, practice Mm -hmm. grace. I think in our relationships as adult women, as sisters who are trying to figure this out, that has played, I think, a crucial role for all of us is that we have all hurt each other. We um, have made mistakes in our relationships and choosing grace for the past makes a future relationship mm-hmm. possible. Um, so with that, do you guys have any other parting words? You want just a word of encouragement to everybody out there? It's worth it. Yeah. It is worth it. I think that's a great way to end. It's, it is worth the effort because relationships with people who are different from us, I think, make us stronger. They make yeah. us better. They make the world better when we can... Yeah. And we can learn to learn and we're not well. done. We have a lot of work left to do. Oh, we got a lot of work left to do, <laughs> but, but we are on our way. Hashtag awesome. Hashtag awesome. God is healing relationships and that's what he wants to do. And so that uh, the last thing I would add is if you have a broken relationship, um, whether it's because you're different when it comes to introversion or extroversion or whatever, um, reach out to that person today. I would mm-hmm. challenge you, send them a text, an email, a voicemail um, to just say, hey, thinking about you today. I'd love to reconnect sometime with a relationship that's maybe broken. Um, Speak healing words into those relationships because it's worth it. Thanks for being with us today. Um, We are kicking off a new little series next week. We hope you'll join us. See you then. Say bye, girls. Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Bye. (laughs)